For those who have not yet begun to speak that silence is simple and easy. But sometimes we would sing, and our song would begin in this way. In the midst of our work, one of us would heave a deep sigh, like the sigh of a tired horse, and then begin softly humming one of those slow airs, the sweet plaintive motive of which always lightens the heart of the singer. One of us would sing, and the rest would at first listen silently. The song would tremble and die away beneath the dark ceiling of our cellar, like a tiny campfire in the steps on a damp autumn night, when the grey sky spreads over the earth like a leaden roof. Another voice would join in, and two voices would now be floating, softly and plaintively, in the thick atmosphere of our overcrowded pit. And suddenly, several more voices would join, and the song would rise like a wave. It would grow louder and louder, and almost seem to move the heavy grey walls of our stone prison. The whole twenty-six would be singing, our powerful, harmonious voices filling the bakehouse, until it seemed too small to hold so much sound. The song would beat against the stone walls, wailing and moaning, filling the heart with a sweet, stirring pain opening old wounds and awakening despair. The singers would sigh deeply and heavily. One man would suddenly stop in his song and sit for a while listening to his comrades. Then again his voice would mingle with the general wave. Or one would cry out desperately, Ah! Then go on singing with his eyes closed, the rich wave of sound perhaps seeming to him like some distant path a broad, sunlit path along which he himself was walking. But the flame was still flickering in the stove, the baker was still scraping with his shovel, the water was still simmering in the pot, and the reflection of the fire was still dancing on the walls in silent mockery. And in other men's words we sang of our dull grief and of the leaden despair of living men deprived of the sun the despair of the slave. Thus we lived, the twenty-six of us, in the cellar of the large stone house, and our burden was as heavy as though the whole weight of the three stories of the house were resting on our very shoulders. But we had something else that was good besides the singing, something that we loved, and that perhaps took the place of the sunshine we lacked. On the second floor of our house, was a gold embroiderer's shop, and in it, amongst the many girls who worked there, lived Tanya, the sixteen-year-old maidservant. Every morning, her little rosy face with the sparkling blue eyes would peep through the little window of the door leading into the passage, and her caressing, ringing voice would call out to us, Prisoners, have you any little crendles for me? We would all turn at this clear, joyous sound so familiar to us, and gaze good-humouredly at the little maiden face, smiling so sweetly. We liked to see the little nose pressed against the glass, the tiny white teeth, shining between the rosy lips, parted in a smile. We all rushed to open the door for her, tumbling over each other, and she would come in, the gay little thing, and stand before us, smiling and holding up her apron. Her long nut-brown plait that was jerked over her shoulders, lay across her breast, and we, black, dirty, misshapen, 
would look up at her, the threshold being higher than the floor by several steps, and bid her good morning in specially chosen words we kept only for her. When talking to her, our very voices grew softer, and our jokes came more easily. There was something special in everything we did for her. The baker would thrust his shovel into the oven and take out the brownest crendles he could find, which he deftly threw into Tanya's apron. Take care the master does not catch you, we always cautioned her. She would laugh roguishly, call out gaily, goodbye prisoners, and vanish like a little mouse. That was all. But long after she was gone, we enjoyed talking about her to each other. We said the very same things we had spoken yesterday and the day before, because both she and we, and everything around us, was the same as yesterday and the day before.